Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity, titled Acquired Resistance to Targeted Therapy of NSCLC, a Global Perspective, is provided by Agile and supported by an independent educational grant from the healthcare business of Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. Before starting this activity, please be sure to review the disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Here's your host, Dr. Ross Kamage. EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitors, or EGFR TKIs for short, have resulted in dramatic improvements for patients with EGFR mutant advanced non-small cell lung cancer. However, acquired resistance continues to limit the long-term benefit from these agents. Sometimes that's due to T790M, but in addition, activation of the MET pathway is now emerging as not only something we can identify, but something that we can target. And that's why today we'll be discussing the use of MET inhibitors for their role in extending the duration of benefit in EGFR TKIs. Welcome to CME on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Ross Kamich from the University of Colorado, and I'm delighted to have joining me today Dr. Luis Pazaras from Madrid in Spain. Welcome to the program, Luis. Thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me here today with you in this interesting activity. Dr. Pazares, can you start us off by describing the major classes of EGFR mutation in non-small cell lung cancer and the different generations of EGFR TKIs we use to manage these? So briefly, you have, we have the common mutations, which are activating mutations typically around exon 18 and point mutation on exon 21, the LA58R. Also, we have some uncommon mutations. Some of them are sensitizing, like the G79X or the LA61Q or S76AI. But also, there are some exon 20 sections that are actually predicting for resistance. There are still some exceptions within the exon 20 section. Some of them, like the FQEA or the LQEA, are sensitizing mutations. In terms of EFR TKI inhibitors, there are three generations, first generation, LRNIB and Japitinib, they are reversible inhibitors. Second generation, they are irreversible inhibitors, Apatinib, Dacomotinib, and they are actually not only inhibiting EFR1, but the whole family of EFR type of receptors. And then third generation, which are the specific inhibitors of the T79M mutation, and they do a reversible inhibit as well the transitizing mutations, but they are not having significant inhibition of the wild-type receptor. Oh, that's great. So given that background, and you could be starting somebody on a first or a second or a third generation drug, how do people become uh, resistant to these after they've initially benefited? What do we know about that? So in terms of mechanisms of resistance, I would briefly divide on those patients having on-target mechanisms of resistance, typically having a mutation on the EFR gene, and those include T79DM mutation that typically happen after first or second generation inhibitors, but there are some others that occur only after third generation. Those are the C797S. On the other hand, that typically those occur, the T79DM in 50% of the cases, and there are some other mechanisms of resistance, the bypass mechanisms of resistance that include net amplification and some others. 
For those just tuning in, you're listening to CME on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Ross Kamich, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Luis Pazarez about whether the use of MET inhibitors can be effective in extending the duration of benefit to EGFR TKIs. Okay, so before getting into the deeper discussion of the data on using MET inhibitors to extend the benefit from EGFR TKIs in the resistance setting, Let's look at what we know about MET inhibitors when they're being used as where MET is a primary driver. So, for example, MET X114 skip mutations. And tell me about the different classes of MET inhibitors and the data we've seen in that setting. In terms of MET inhibitors, we may take into account those small molecules that typically inhibit the kinase at the cytoplasmatic level. Those could be very specific, selective MET inhibitors such as camatinib or temotinib, but also some uh, more TKNase type of inhibitors such as trisatinib. Then, second class of agents are those monoclonal antibodies against the receptor, including those which are antibody conjugates. And the third type of agents are those targeting not the receptor by the ligand, the hepatocytal factor. How many of those have actually been used successfully in something that we know is purely MET-driven, like MET-X114 skip mutations to sort of show proof of principle? Among those, I would say, among the matriculation inhibitors, I think uh, chrysotinib has shown significant activity, response rate in the range of 30%, median PFS nine months, and particularly camatinib and tepotinib. Actually, uh, recent data has shown that camatinib is an active agent in this setting, response rates in the range of 40% and a median PFS of 5.4 months in the second or third line setting. In terms of the patients that have been given carmatinib upfront, response rate is in the range of 61 to 68%, depending on if this is investigator or independent data review committee response rate. And the median PFS here is in the range of 9.7 months. The botanism is also very active in this agent, response rate 50 to 55%, depending on if you, we are talking on VIRC or investigator assess. And median PFS is 9.5 months. This is for the second or in terms of the we are actually talking here in terms of the patients that have measured the mutation on the tumor response rate is 45 to 55% and again the median PFS in this in the range of 11 to 12 months. So it sounds like we've got potentially really good tools for addressing the MET pathway. I think some of the people listening will recall that combining MET and EGFR inhibitors in lung cancers had a rather uh, difficult birth. There were some studies which were very negative. Why should we be interested now? What have we learned from our mistakes and where is the more promising data now in the EGFR mutant setting? So I think what is important here is to actually be able to see which patient are we treating and to actually be sure that we are enriching those patients that are actually having met as a mechanism of resistance. In fact, if you look at the data on those patients that have been given EFRTKIs plus MET inhibitors at the time of resistance, response rates are actually depending 
on the way we are defining resistance to EGFR. If we are measuring net by immunohistochemistry, we typically are not that selective. If we are actually doing that by fish, particularly if we are looking for a, a significant a, a net to ship ratio, for example, three, we typically will define better the population. And I think that is going to be the clue of the success into the future so that we are selecting those patients that are actually truly having net as a mechanism of resistance. So what have we seen in terms of the combinations of an EGFR inhibitor and these, some of these next generation MET inhibitors in the EGFR mutant population? It's really difficult. So I would say those are, let's say, just proof of concept data rather than mature reverse data that allow us to compare uh, one to each other. So I would say the main message at the present time is that it looks like inhibiting MET in combination with a EFR inhibitor, it may help a number of patients in the resistance setting when amplification of MET is emerging. And I think that should be something that should be further evaluated. This sounds like you can't really pull apart what's the differences between the drug versus who's being treated in these studies. Absolutely. So here we have to consider uh, not only the way we define resistance to EFR in terms of net expression or fish or whatever other mechanisms, copy number gain or whatever, but also to which EFR inhibitor the patient had been exposed. It's not the same if the patient had only been exposed to a third or second generation and then you're treating with third generation plus net inhibitor as compared if you're using those patients that had been already exposed to third generation inhibitors and then you just put net inhibitor on top. So it sounds like there's still quite a lot of work to go. Absolutely. I think you're totally right. There are some studies that do actually validate this hypothesis. There are trials with diafetinib plus carmatinib with response rates in the phase one part and second part in the range of 20 to 30 percent. A similar trial uh, using tepotinib plus diafetinib uh, had given response rate in the range of 42-43%. And actually, there is still some data with osimertinib plus adolitinib in patients progressing to first or second generation or even to third generation. If they have progressed to second generation, response rate is more in the range of 50%. For those cases, progressing on osimertinib the response rate is more on the 25% range. Unfortunately, we're almost at the end of today's program. But Luis, before we go, can you just share some take-home messages and provide your thoughts on, on what we might see over the next few years with regard to overcoming EGFR-TKI resistance? Focused on MET, but you know, any other thoughts that you might have? So I think that mainly in terms of MET, I think it would be very important to have better tools to recognize which are the patients that are actually benefiting from net inhibitors on top of EFR inhibitors at the time of the resistance. That means being able to see in which patients MET is actually playing a major role. And I think that is the first challenge. Second challenge would be what is the best EFR plus the best net inhibitor in that particular setting. Those would be the two main forcing questions to answer within the near future.
I think that's a great way to round out our discussion on how we can manage EGFR TK resistance in non-small cell lung cancer. I'd like to thank Louise as my guest for joining me in this discussion, and it was great speaking with you today. Stay well. Thank you. This activity was provided by Agile Education. To receive your free CME credit, be sure to complete the post-test and evaluation at reachmd.com CME. This is CME on ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.